Hello and welcome to another podcast from BetfairTradingCommunity.com with me, your host, Martin. I'm excited today because I'm actually going to talk about a topic that I think a lot of people don't understand. And I'm going to talk about mistakes that people make as traders. I'm going to talk about the importance of mistakes that people make as traders. And I think I'm actually going to surprise some people right now when I tell you, quite simply, one or two mistakes do not matter whatsoever in the long term. I'll say that again. One or two trading mistakes do not matter in any way, shape or form in the long term of your trading. And you might think, what? I thought, I thought I've got to be perfect. I thought I can't make mistakes or I won't be a profitable trader. And I think this is where a lot of people go wrong. A lot of new traders believe that the pro traders don't make mistakes. That's why they're pro. That's why I make a profit trading, right? Because I don't make mistakes, yeah? No, that's not true. I make plenty of mistakes. I'll give you I'll give you an example. So last night, I mean, this will be in the future, this podcast, probably in a, in a couple of weeks time. But as I'm recording this, last night I placed a trade. I laid Real Madrid playing Chelsea. Real Madrid were 1-0 up. I think the price was around 1.38. Okay, Chelsea were on top on the stats, but they'd just gone a goal behind. Chelsea playing at home. Real now 3-0 up on aggregate. Now, I don't do this as much as I used to, but I actually reflected on that trade after the evening. And it's funny because actually on the evening, and this is this is the perfect example of why this doesn't matter as much as you think it does. On the evening, I actually made a nice profit, particularly from a late goal from Napoli where I'd back that at good odds and I'd also laid AC Milan at a very short price. And that was a much better trade, and I'll explain why. But I reflected upon the Chelsea lay because, in hindsight, it was a bad trade. Not because it lost. This is, again, where people get lost. They think, well, if it lost, it's a bad trade, and if it won, it's a good trade. That's not always the case. You know, variance plays a part. I could have just got unlucky with the Chelsea trade, right? There'll be if AC Milan had won last night, the way Napoli were hammering them, and I'd laid at that short price and lost, that would have just been unlucky. And because it's a short odds lay, it's not the end of the world. But at the same time, that would have just been variance. I would have looked reflected on that trade and gone, would you take that trade again? I would take that 10 times out of 10. I would do that trade every time it's available because I know in the long term it makes money. And we've seen that. We've seen that it makes money. We know that it makes money. So it's just amazing that two fairly identical trades could feel so different. So you might be sitting there thinking, well, Martin, why do you think the Chelsea lay was a bad trade? Okay, first off, Afterwards, I instantly felt it. So sometimes you feel in your gut or you kind of know afterwards, wow, that was actually a bad trade. 
Why did I make that trade? Well, here's the problem. One of the mistakes I made that I fortunately hardly ever make was I didn't really think too much about the pre-match form. I didn't really think too much about what I should really do is now go and have a quick look at Chelsea and Real Madrid's stats. Because if I did, I would have seen quite clearly, and I know this anyway in my head, but at the time you're trading, sometimes you're not thinking about every single stat you know in your head, that Chelsea don't score many goals. So you've got a situation here where Real Madrid are 1-0 up. They're Champions League holders, certainly no mugs. And they're 3-0 up on aggregate. So, in theory, Chelsea are done at this point. Because it's quite late in the game. You know, you think if it's 2-0, Chelsea still have a chance. And this is important, right? When you lay a team, you want the other team to have full motivation. Now, Chelsea, they had some motivation. But the fact was, the tie in general was over. So you get, you're going to get to a difficult spot at about 85 minutes where, I, I, and you see it a lot, teams just give up because they know oh, we're out of this tie. I mean, it'll be interesting tonight with Man City Bayern. If Bayern don't score, you know, kind of by the 85th minute, it's just going to be a kind of a procession finish, isn't it? I can't see them going hell for leather to try and score goals at that point because the tie will be over, the stadium will be emptying. You know, this is the reality of trading sometimes. And so the clear mistake that I made was that I didn't really think enough about Chelsea's form, which has been abysmal. Abysmal. Okay? Now, I could have easily looked back at this trade and seen the in-play stats and gone, I was a bit unlucky. Chelsea, you know, they were on top. And... You know, Chelsea playing at home, they needed goals to win the tie. It was never going to happen at that point. So, again, the motivation comes into question. But the real point here is that it could have been avoided. Okay? And it was a bad trade. I, I think it's a bad trade. And I have no problem admitting that. But also, I have no problem admitting that. I made a really good trade by laying AC Milan and backing a late goal there. Very good odds. Okay, so this is what you have to remember. That you have to be able to assess a trade, good or bad, and accept the good or bad. You know, if Chelsea are drawn, let's say Chelsea get a draw in that situation. They do score another goal and they draw that match. They lose the tie overall, but they draw the match. I would have looked back at that and still felt it was a bad trade. Okay. Now, how many of you, being honest to yourselves, would bother to even think about a winning trade, whether it was good or bad? Well, it won. It doesn't matter. But I do because it's really important to be able to reflect and go, I got lucky this time, but had I not, I'm probably losing this trade more often than not. I'm not sure I'm winning it enough that... I'm making enough on that 1.38 lay. You know, I think from that position, you know, could you argue that three times out of four, Real gone to win it? I think you can because of Chelsea's form. See, the thing is, if you just think about Chelsea at home, you know, with good stats, you're thinking, okay, it's a great trade. 
But when you think about the pre-match, it eliminates the necessity of the trade. And actually you go, this isn't a good trade. And what's interesting is that you'll see that a lot when you're trading. When you look at stats in play and you go, these stats are strong, then you go and look at the pre-match and it goes, well, actually these teams don't score much in the second half or this team doesn't come from behind very often and you know, yada, yada, yada. Whatever it is, the point is this. Pre-match stats will hugely, hugely help you as a trader, just as much as in-play stats. And the problem is, when you don't combine both, there's an element of guesswork. There's an element of guesswork. Because how often have you watched a match and gone, oh, this team's well on top, I'm going to back them. Then the other team scores. And you go, oh, what the hell? I'm in a tough spot now. Do I take a loss? Do I let it run and hope that they equalise and go and score a winner? You're in a real tough spot. And you'll feel a bit worse because you didn't take into account the pre-match. And then you go back and look at the pre-match stats and, well, this trade could have been avoided. See, one thing you'll notice, so I've been, I mean, I don't know how long I'm going to do the live trading lounge or how often I'll be in there, but I've set up this live trading lounge for us all to kind of do some live trading during the prime time football times during the week. And one thing you'll probably notice is I'm quite selective. You know, I'm not just banging in trade after trade after trade. With in-play trading in particular, that's not what I'm going to do. Because it's got to marry up. The pre-match has got to marry up, the in-play stats have got to marry up, and the motivations of the teams have got to marry up. Kind of like, you know, you're getting the trifecta there. You need all three of those things on your side. And then you kind of need this little fourth mystical thing called value, right? You need to be getting good odds. See, so there was, one, there was a game yesterday where Chesterfield were playing Torquay. And the stats were off the charts. Chesterfield were just hammering shots on target, shots off target. But it stayed nil-nil for like the first 20-odd minutes. Now, Chesterfield were about 1.4 at that point to win that match. But they hadn't scored. It was too short. They, you, again, you need value in these situations. That price is too short. Unless you have reason to believe that there's no doubt this team's going to win in that spot. I'm not taking 1.4 on any team in a football match, right? Seriously, because we know how often draws happen. We know how often underdogs can do well in football. So it's a, it's a risk at that point. And I think it would be very difficult for someone to turn around and explain why that is pure value, that price on that team. However, the first half goal odds were climbing up towards evens. And I'm thinking, hello, I'll go check the stats. Oh, they don't have that many nil-nils. I, I might be wrong in saying this, but I think the ones when I looked, Torquay hadn't even had, well, they maybe had one or two nil-nils all season at halftime. So suddenly the goal odds are looking value for a first half goal and they're much better priced than backing Chesterfield. I took the bet. It won within a couple of minutes. Brilliant. Right Now Chesterfield went on to win, won very comfortably, but again that price was too short for me. That It wasn't value to me and that's the key. 
You've got to you've got to have value on your site. The gold odds were value, and even if you go, well, Martin, but that you know Chesterfield still won the game, so who cares? Well, here's who cares: people who want to make the most money, because I made a lot more money back in that first half goal because of the better odds than I would have done backing Chesterfield. So think about it that way, and it becomes a lot clearer. And the thing is. Once you get all those things married up, you will have more confidence in what you're doing. See, when I lose a couple of trades, I don't worry because I know that my process is solid. I know that my research is solid and I know that I'm using the in-play stats to my advantage because I look at the pre-mat and you can do this in-play. This is the beauty of it takes you, you know, a minute. Go to betfairtradingcommunity.com software and check the match out. Go look at the stats and you can see all the halftime results, blah, yada, 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 everything you need to see. And it's so easy to do. And the thing is, what you'll notice is that when you do back up your in-play feelings with your pre-match stats, your trades will do better in the long run. You will have more success doing that but how many people just see some good stats in play and go, right, I'm jumping in on that? And it's like, hang on, what about the pre-match? Because I had games yesterday where I was thinking, oh, there might be a first-half goal here. Then I checked the stats and the teams had had virtually every game was a nil-nil at half-time. And I'm going, right, I'm not going to touch that. Even if I feel like there might be a goal. I'm not here to gamble, guys. I'm not here to gamble. That's not what I do. I look at sound logic, sound reasoning, sound research, sound prices, prices that are worth backing at or laying at, and I take those prices, okay? But let's bring it back to the point of this podcast. I made a mistake yesterday in a trade. It wasn't a massive mistake, but people messaged me. Oh, Martin, I lost, you know, I don't know, like half my bank being stupid on one or two bets. I started chasing losses, couldn't stop. All these kinds of things that traders do. And then I go, okay, let's reset. Let's work this out and let's go again. But how many of you just feel like you can't go again? Like, no, I made a mistake, a really big mistake. So I guess that's my career over. I made a really bad mistake and how can I recover from that? It's sad to hear these things because what what you're going to hear now might shock you. Those mistakes are trivial. Because in the long term of your trading career, they will matter not one jot because ultimately your career will be defined by thousands of trades and whether you actually take on board the training and advice at betfairtradingcommunity.com or not you know most people who struggle they message me and say martin i was making a profit your training was doing really well it actually created a filter of making money and then i just had a bad couple of days and I ended up chasing losses, increasing mistakes, and now I've lost my money. And the thing is, it's it's hard because I know how easy this, this is to do. But also, I know how easy it is to reset. 
Because the reality is, no matter what happened, you can come back from it. You can come back from it so much stronger. I'd hasten to say that most pros have made a lot of mistakes, probably thousands in their whole career. You know, how many mistakes do footballers make on a football pitch? Imagine if every time they made a big mistake, they thought their career was over. Loris Karius, the goalkeeper from the Liverpool-Real Madrid final. He's still making a very, very... Well, he's making himself a very, very rich man playing football. Right? Now, you would look at that. If that was Betfair trading and you dropped a clang like that, how many of you would just quit? This guy's rich because he carries on. Just think about it. Because the reality is that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay. It's okay to make bad trades. It's part of the game. But the reality is that the better you get, the more you do your due diligence, the more you actually take in the words that me and Ryan say, and you actually follow the training, you know, the amount of people that say, oh, mine, I don't know how to do X, Y, or Z. And then I say, well, did you watch the training video? Or did you do the get started section on the forum that Ryan pointed you to? Oh, no, I've not done that yet. I'll do that. I'll do that at some point. And this is the thing, right? I get people come to me all the time. Oh, Martin, I was doing really well, but I had bad discipline and I lost my money. And I'm like, okay, that's not good. Don't do that again. Let's nip that in the bud. What can we do to nip that in the bud? And then let's go again. Take what time you need. Do what you need to do. But when we go again, you need to come back here with a different attitude. You need to come back here with the attitude that you are going to be a good Betfair trader. That you don't need to increase stakes because essentially you are good at trading. There's no point increasing stakes if you're good at what you're doing because all you're doing is putting pressure on yourself to make money in a scenario where actually you're better off learning. You're better off learning and gradually improving as a trader and then you will look back on this and laugh in a few years time. It happened to me. Oh, I blew many banks along the way. You've got to remember when I was first learning to trade on Betfair, there was no such thing as BetfairTradingCommunity.com. I couldn't log on and go, oh, Ryan, can you help me? Or, and go and look at all these training videos. They just didn't exist. You know, the, the thing that always made me laugh was when I first started, all you ever got was random videos of someone showing a green screen on Betfair, which, you know, me and Ryan really aren't big fans of at all. Because they didn't teach me anything. They didn't help me in any way, shape or form. And all they really did was just, Someone showed off. Hey, look, I made some money on Betfair. On a pre-recorded video I've done. Woohoo! It's like, great. But how have you helped me? How have you taught me to trade? Oh, well, you know, I just look at the market and, oh, just look at this price. And, uh, you know, there's nothing substantial back then. It, it's, you know, and it's so difficult now because I know how much this still goes on. The amount of people that come to us and go, oh, well, I watched this guy's video, so I did his course and... Turned out it was useless and he doesn't actually help anyone like you guys do. And it's like, well, we kind of know that, but, you know, you'll have to make those mistakes. And it's fine. If you've made those mistakes, it's fine because you've come to the right place now. 
You've come to a place that actually wants to help you as an individual and work with you as an individual and change your life and your trading life as an individual. And that's something that just doesn't get offered anywhere else. And I say this because I would have loved to have BetfairTradingCommunity.com guide me along the way. I would love to have gone to the Start Here section of the forum and do the training and become a super trader. I had to go through hell to get here, right? Because I had no help. I had no support. I had no training. And, but when you do, the difference it makes. And I love that. But everyone who's successful in Betfair Trading Community, pretty much to a person, has made a lot of mistakes. As have I, as has Ryan, and as has Adam. Okay? It's okay to make mistakes. They won't matter one jot in the long run. What you have to do is work towards improving as a trader, lessening the mistakes. It's rare that I go back and look at a trade and go, do you know what, that was just a bad trade. I didn't do enough due diligence. It's rare. So imagine how much more common it was when I started. And a lot of you will be at that phase where you're going, oh, this is a struggle. You know, I get people, I don't understand why these two teams shut up shop. And then I look at the league table. Well, did you know that neither of these teams have anything to play for left this season? And they're like, no. Okay, so you didn't check that. What about, um, you know, other stats? Have they scored enough? Do they score at that time of the game? No, I didn't check that. Okay. See, there's some simple rules to becoming good at trading on Betfair. You know... Keep your solid strategies, keep them, keep doing them consistently. Don't change them. Don't go off peace just because you're having a bad day. Don't chase losses. Look for value. Look for in-play stats that are strong. Look for pre-match stats that are strong. And marry those things together. Because if you marry all of that, you will do very, very well at this game. All right, guys, I'll leave it there. I hope you have a great week and most importantly, I hope you make some money trading on Betfair.